0: Welcome to Podcast Sisters. Two points of view, and you'll never know what Podcast Sisters, Laura and Lisa, are going to say. But one thing's for sure, you're going to meet singers, songwriters, entertainers, and more and hear about what's behind their music. Today's interview is with Emma G, award-winning singer, songwriter, and performer, and we're so pleased to have her here today. Audience, don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss this. Welcome,
1: Emma G. Welcome oh to Podcast Sisters, everyone. You are in for a treat. Um, I am so excited to introduce Miss Emma G, learn about her story, her influence in the music industry, and how she's even influenced uh, the youth in our country. Um, welcome, Miss Emma G. Welcome, what Emma.
2: My gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're so excited to have you.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's a joy. Um, it's a joy to be here, and thank you so much for reaching out. I'm um, you know, it's it's really important to me to be able to, as you mentioned, you know, use music as a tool to not just help myself, um, selfishly, because if you ask any artist, music is always about, you know, trying to make sense of the world for ourselves, but. Being able to also help and feed into other people and specifically users, it's a really important mission for me. So thank you for honoring that. Absolutely.
1: Um, I've listened to your music, I've listened to a few of your podcasts, Um, actually researched you a little bit, and I did find that um, music is pretty much your life therapy from a young child growing up. And um, before I even get into that and your radio and all of the good stuff you've done in your life... um, I was just interested, what age were you when you came to the United States from New Zealand? And then how did you end up in D.C.?
2: <laughs> well, that's a story. Um, I, was, I was 26 when I decided, well, 25 when I decided to make the move, 26 when I actually made the move. Um, and that was, I, I, you know, there were a number of reasons as to why I waited longer than the typical New Zealander to leave New Zealand. Um, and in the way that I am was, you know, I, I was very blessed in New Zealand. Um, not only did I have a great community of friends and family, but, um, I was in a hard rock band called static era. We toured the country several times. We released, you know, a couple of albums um, and I, I, I was, you know, we, we just, we did a lot of awesome things, but, um, 2014 i i don't know i kind of felt like i hit my glass ceiling and that looks like you know i got i don't know what was it i came sixth in new zealand's x factor my band's album reached uh, 11 on the top 20 charts wow and um, so i was the ambassador for Tough Mudder when it came through New Zealand for the first time um, and also I was blessed to receive not just, uh, well, two, two relatively prestigious awards one was for youth empowerment work and um, for a number of jobs that I was working with the YMCA and a tertiary institute that I was teaching at but also I was um, given a bit um, a, a, like a an honorary award for the New Zealander of the Year awards, but oh my in. goodness,
0: that's fabulous! So
2: <laughs> it, was it was, an incredible year, and I kind of was like, well, this is awesome, um, but you know that that feeling sometimes that you get in the pit of your stomach, like, okay, what else can I do? and yes. um, not that I'm grateful for the for the you know the achievements, but I wanted to you know see see how far I could go with my music, um, and I just felt a calling. To really do more, be more, serve more. And so I got a job in Massachusetts as a hiking instructor at a girls' camp and found myself teaching girls how to navigate the wilderness in the States, which is very different to New Zealand wilderness. Oh I'd, never, <laughs> I'd never seen a bear, I'd never seen a wolf. Like, it was wild, literally, no it pun intended. Is. This is true. <laughs> Or, you know, so I, I had this, this you know, three-month contract in Massachusetts, which then led to a three-month contract as an um, outdoor science education teacher in Connecticut, had 11 days off between those two jobs. Um, I had a friend who was also going from one job to the other, and um, she was from Indiana originally, so we decided to go on a road trip to Indiana, of all places, and... Um, of course, you know, what the plan? the are saying that man plans and God laughs. Yes. <laughs> so we um, we got on, you know, got on the road to go to Indiana, broke down in New York State, and I ended up in Rockville by accident, um, Rockville, Maryland, which is, you know, a hop skip and a jump up the road from D.C. So that's how I found myself in D.C. And I was like, well, I have my guitar. I'll see what I can do. And I went street performing for the first time and made 60 bucks and was like, this is pretty cool. I, I could live on this. <laughs> Uh And so that's what I did. I, I finished my contract in Connecticut and made the move to DC. I just felt that that was where I needed to be. And I tell you, it was the best darn decision i have ever made.
0: Oh, yes. And the, the rest is history. I mean, the one thing about you, Emma, looking back in, into your research, I mean, when you set your mind to something, I mean, you go all in. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I admire so many pieces and parts of your life and your career and your 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 music abilities that you are determined and you, you're no nonsense. You set a goal. How do you, how did you arrive at that point in your life or throughout your life where you, you set your mind to something and you get it done and you do it to the best of your ability? How did that come about?
2: Well, before I answer that question, I want to ask you a question. Okay. How honest did you be? <laughs> be yourself. Tell
1: us. Be real.
2: Hey. Um, okay. So it's a, I think it's a, a several part answer. One, um, you know, for anybody who knows my story, um, you'll know that I've had 10 brain surgeries. Yes. So that in and of itself, is enough, I think, for me to understand, really understand how, um, you know, how fragile life is yes. and how much we cannot take for granted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really important that, you know, every day that I wake up that I remember I have survived against many odds yes, you have. to not just still be alive and functioning, but to be functioning at such a high capacity compared to most people who have a TBI or, you know, have had um, some of the struggles that I've had. So that part of it. Um, but I think that was kind of exacerbated by several events. One was, and I think the most, one of the most significant was when my Um, One of my best friends passed away from an unexpected diabetes complication when he was just 20. Um, And he was like New Zealand's version of Tommy Lee, the the drummer Mm. from Molly Crew. Uh, He was vivacious. He was fun. He was crazy. He was weird. He was wild. He was everything perfect, you know. And when he passed, I was like, well, shoot, like, I need to, you know, I really took it to heart. I could never take a day for granted. And so that happened. And then my surrogate father passed away Mm -hmm. in this, you know, the same year. And then my ex boyfriend unalived himself in the same year. Mm. Um, You know, so when you've experienced loss like that, I think, you know, many people, and don't get me wrong, I, I did too, you know, have this overwhelming sense of, um, overwhelm and sadness and grief. Mm. Um, but that for me turned into, um, this feeling that I just never, ever, ever wanted to take a day for granted, that I never, ever wanted to have an idea and not try to figure out how I can do it or if it can be done. And if it doesn't get done, that's fine. But at least I tried, Right. you know, um, and so that that's resulted in maybe a, a little bit of burnout. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, it means I get to live a pretty fun, fulfilling life at the same time.
0: Yes, yes. Well, I mean, you've accomplished so much, and you are certainly a wonderful role model for um, everything from the youth to singer-songwriters and you know, upcoming musicians, et cetera. Um, you're a terrific, strong woman. And, um, you know, I wanted to add. Do you mind kind of button? in? Of course.
1: <laughs> I just pictured this beautiful silhouette of you with the guitar and the case being opened on the sidewalk and you playing in DC when you had mentioned this. And I thought, you know, what a fantastic. Just give back for everything that you've gone through just to, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I have my guitar and I could give back right now. And it just hit home for me that, you know, the way that your thought process is, what can I do here and now? Well, pull out my guitar. <laughs> um, and and just doing that, it, just um, wondering, were you formally trained? Did you teach yourself? I think you also play piano as well. Are you
2: self-taught or did you take lessons? Well, so I'm a terrible pianist. I should tell it, tell that to you straight up. I had a great um, a great piano teacher when I was a very young child. But when I moved to town, to, you know, needing a different hospital, um, you know, I just I sort of untrained myself, unfortunately. So I still plonk away relatively okay. But, um, yeah, I had one year of guitar lessons formally. Um, and that was enough to teach me some, you know, technical things but you know this was also the advent of or the the beginning of the internet yeah. um so i then found chord patterns and you know chord chord uh, sheets on uh online and that kind of resulted in me going from knowing you know the wild, wild thing by the trogs and zombie by the cranberries to now having a catalog of over <laughs> five um cover songs and even more original music um but vocally i have you know i've always sung uh my grandmother is you know could have been an opera singer she has a beautiful voice my mother also beautiful voice um but i you know with everything it's more than just genetics talent will only get you so far it's also you need to have that that hard work ethic so um you know i was lucky enough to have a fantastic vocal teacher, Kath Woodley in New Zealand, um, who took me through rock school, even though she was an opera teacher. And then um, by the time I was 17, she kind of looked at me and said, well, I've taken you as far as I can take you. Here is a list of people on my waiting list. Go forth and start your own business. So I did. Um, And I've been a vocal teacher ever since.
1: Wow. Which is wild. (laughs) You have so many accomplishments under your belt. And um, since you did bring up uh, f- that you did uh, overcome tw- 10 brain surgeries, I just wanted to touch on that because it seems like every time, it, at least in what I've been reading and hearing, is you've come back so powerful. And, you know, I don't know how your healing is and, and you know, how often you've had surgeries, but if I'm not mistaken, your first one was when
2: you were four months old. Four months, wow. yes, and really grateful that I've not had one since I was fourteen. Good. Um. So I'm really um. Yeah it's it's a wild it's a wild condition and I've always it's it's funny because you know people consistently bring it up and I recognise it's part of my story but it's always been a part of my story that I've been kind of awkward about sharing about myself. Mm,
0: yeah.
2: And. Um, because, in one, on one hand, as a child, I was bullied significantly because of it. You know, called Frankenstein and freak oh. and weirdo signs. Um, but on the other hand, I was four months when I was diagnosed and had my first surgery, which means that I don't consciously know life without my condition. Yeah. So to bring it up as an issue or as a topic you know, to discuss, it's kind of like, my mother would joke all the time, it's kind of like having an entire, you know, story about why we need to shower every day. <laughs> like, oh, it's such a drag, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: well, it's, you know what that is? This was your part of your norm for all of these years. So who knew different, right. especially you, you know, living through that. Um, does this have any tie into being, um, you know, an empowerment coach for the youth, and I was reading so many things that you have offered um, with youth and creativity, and getting them in touch with their superpowers and things like that. Which I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, giving them a voice, letting them paint, letting them sing, letting them play an instrument that might take away. Maybe it is the bullying that you received, or the anguish and anxiety the youth have. I'm just curious. Does that tie into how it led you down that path?
2: I think. I think it's, it's a couple of things. I, when when my ex unalived himself, mm-hmm. I was 19, mm-hmm. and I I already knew that I wanted to be a musician. I already knew that I, I was a musician at the age of 19, um, but I knew I wanted to be full-time. I knew I wanted to, like, make the world a better place somehow. Um, but it was on my way to his funeral that I... And it's wild that I remember this. I, w- I remember being in my car thinking, I want to do anything I can with my voice, with my music, um, you know, to make... To help other young people specifically hold on in some way, shape or form. You know, he was 20. He was a clinical genius. Mm. He had so much potential in him and he was so in pain mm. and so misunderstood and so feeling unheard that he felt no other way to express himself than by ending his life.
0: Yeah. It's mm. tragic.
2: But how... Um, and- for me, you know, I I was lucky that I found music and songwriting as my lens to express myself and work through my demons.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but, you know, it wasn't until, honestly, it wasn't until I moved here, um, it, it, until a couple of years ago, actually, 2019, when I was working as a vocal coach with a young man to turned around and said, "I wanted to," I, he wanted to write his own song. That was when I realized, oh, you know, I've been looking at this all wrong. This, this when I when I talk about helping people with music, that's not my music. My music, sure, maybe my music will help. Maybe my music will help somebody have a better day or remind themselves about how powerful and beautiful and wonderful they are. But realistically speaking, the most powerful gift I can give a person is reminding them of two things. One, that we hear them. Mm -hmm. And two, that they have a voice that can be heard.
0: Mm.
1: That's so profound and that's so true. Um, I think just engaging with with these individuals who have a dream of this and not having either the ways, the focus, or the support and having um, somebody like you driving them or giving them that voice is amazing so i appreciate
0: mm-hmm. that so much um thank you if, if there's any parents or family members that are listening to this interview how would they get a hold of you or do some reading or i believe on your website um you have a free outlet where they'll pro- you provide some information you know to help others um with youth empowerment how, just if you, what advice do you have for anyone listening to
2: um, reach out to you? Well, the first thing I, the first piece of advice I would give is not to reach out, to me, but to actually listen to your kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and you know, well said. And I, I, I'm I'm laughing about that because obviously parents listen to their children, um, but one of the lessons that I've learned recently is there is a distinct, there is often a distinct difference between what I'm saying to the kids I'm working with and what they're hearing. Mm. I've, I've asked my, you know, the clients that I work with when I say a certain thing and I ask them to repeat that back to me, what they're hearing me say, what they're repeating back is very much different wow. to what I'm to tell them. Mm. Um, and that makes sense in a lot of ways, you know, first of all, we live in gener- different generations. We grew up in different generations, but the second thing is that you know this this next generation was raised incredibly differently. Yeah, you know, it became a thing when I was a preteen teenager, um, whereas these kids are growing up on TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and things. So being able to, um, you know, understand that what they're hearing from us is going through a lens of every account they follow, as well as the social group, as well as the teachers, you know, so it's really about making sure that what they're understanding are saying is actually what we're trying to say to them. And likewise, on the flip side,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, when they're trying to express how they're feeling, not putting our own trajectory onto them
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, you know, and making sure that we have those Honest, open conversations without judgment mm-hmm. and without out of sense, recognizing that obviously we see a lot of ourselves in our children, but they're not us.
1: Yeah, I I feel that so deeply because interpretation is everything, especially <laughs> between um age differences of course Uh, the new generation who's online gender um are we listening don't give the feedback listen and let them be heard um Mm -hmm. i love that
2: very nice very good thank you thank you yeah it's one of the things that like why songwriting for me um has been such a powerful tool with these with these young people even when they don't think of themselves as songwriters like i go into middle schools and high schools and second chance learning, you know, programs and um, work with these people who don't think of themselves as musicians at all. Um, but then giving them the opportunity to, you know, quite literally reclaim the pen and write their own truth and write their own story, write their own song. Um, just seeing the sense of like, oh shoot, like, I feel seen now, I feel understood. And on the whole token of, of t- using technology to our, you know, you, little embracing technology for what it is. And I even often, you know, for those who are feeling even more cautious about letting themselves be heard. Um, I will also incorporate like artificial intelligence, into the sessions mm-hmm. to help, them, like, you know, really take those vulnerable, scary feelings and help them to find the words and the verbiage and the, the, the sentence structure and the, whatever it is, um, to express themselves in a way that even they might not have realized was in them, I but they're suddenly mm-hmm. feel you know, really validated by, by just acknowledging that that part of themselves
1: just thinking of a pencil and a piece of paper and how far you can go, and especially when somebody believes in you and encourages you.
2: Yeah, yeah, awesome. everything starts with, awesome. hell yeah. <laughs> Before
1: we let you go, I just have one more question, because I do want everybody to hear everything. Our, I know that DC has a pretty cool music um, community, and arts community as well. And so, yeah. you know, we always think of D.C. as politics and politicians, um, but pretty much is this like an after six o'clock crowd and, and things are kind of a moving and a shaking and artists are sharing their, their love for music and stories and artwork? Or tell me how it influenced you to stay there. I
2: think it's, it's I'm of the belief that whatever you put out comes back, mm-hmm. so you know, the mere fact that I've made a living for five and a half years as as a street performer before 10 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. says a lot about of- yeah Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I was, you know, waking up at 4.45 every morning and going out and singing for people between 6.30 and 10 a.m. Um, and you know, they were busy on their way to work and feeling whatever they were feeling because it was another freaking Monday. And <laughs> That's right. And now you- again. There, there's a lot of soul in this city. And I, I often joke around and, and um, you know, make make jokes about the fact that, the, the musician's life is almost like the most intense anthropological study in the world. <laughs> Being a busker, even more so. Because it's, you know, music gives us an opportunity to, to look beneath, sneak a look under the masks that we all wear. And I'm not talking about COVID-19 masks. I'm talking about, uh-huh. you know, the suit, super- better work every day. The smile that you paste on your face every morning. The, you know, the fake, whatever it is, that we paint ourselves up in every day which is fine and and do what you want to do to help get you through that's totally okay but when it comes to just being human that is something that everybody especially in dc i have found craves
1: mm.
2: i feel and, i feel that yeah yeah, I'm sure you do. You know, you're not in D.C., but... Yeah. No, I'm not Everything.
1: in D.C., but peeling away the onion that you put on every day to get through the day to make that paycheck, to have that family or go to that job, but really peeling it away and being vulnerable and being yourself and letting other right. people in or
0: projecting to them through the arts and through music. Um, right. Yeah. Now, so, Emily, you, <laughs> you have to tell our listeners, you are writing and producing music constantly. Um, And it really amazed me. I believe you're putting together uh, a a record or a soundtrack or whatever you're doing every month. Is that correct? You're writing songs and producing them every month.
2: Well, (laughs) it's 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 a project I'm calling the Soundtrack in Progress. It's a song a month for the month of twenty for the year of twenty twenty three. Um every song that I'm releasing is a song that I actually wrote either as a teenager or a person in my early twenties. Mostly they're songs I wrote as a teenager that have somehow, through divine intervention, um <laughs> aligned with a cause or an awareness that's being honored every single month in this year in this country. So this past month, well what was it, March? Um, was International Women's History Month, so I wrote a song called The Show and released that. I wrote, you know, that, that was a song I wrote when I was 12. Um, in April, that was Sexual Assault Awareness Month, so I wrote, um, I wrote a song when I was 15, obviously mm-hmm. about the issue, um, because I hate to break it to you, things happen to teenagers,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and that was my way of coping with my experience, so I wrote and released that song Back in April, this month, May um, is was Depression Awareness Month. Um, So again, wrote and released a song, "The Climb." Uh, This month, this past month, has been uh, Pride Month. Mm -hmm. So I released a song that I wrote called "All This Love," which I'm honored that Pink Money um, was was featured on. But next month, um, I'm also releasing another song. Uh, for Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So, yeah, it, it's been a wild ride. I'm, I'm really pleased with how much uh, love and support I've been getting on the All This Love track for Pride Month. Um, I'm not um, on the, you know, I, I'm not part of the queer community as such, but I am definitely an ally. An ally. And I sure. yes. Yes. really, yeah. really want to use my voice in that way.
0: Yes, and we're going to close the show with the song that you're speaking about all this love. And I think it's terrific. We were dancing to it a little bit. We were just listening to it before, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so so we're excited. How do people get a hold of you? Website, Instagram, you have a podcast. You also have a documentary out called Born in Crisis. Just let's do one swoop of all the things uh, that... uh, you know, people can see about you and listen to
2: and how they do well, it. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, if you Google Emma G, I will show up. Uh, my website is emmagmusic.com. I'm Emma G Music on all social media, except unfortunately, um, my Facebook page got hacked a, almost a year ago. So, mm-hmm. that's the best way to find me. However, um, I am on TikTok, Emma G Speaks. Uh, yes, I have a podcast, the Reconnect with Your Teenager podcast, which is now also on Comcast 69 and Verizon 38 here in the DC metro area. Um, and I have a book also called Reconnect with Your Teenager. It's it's all the things. But if you if you Google me, you'll find my website. You'll find my face. Um, you're more than welcome to reach out, get in touch, and uh, and and we can you know see what. See where our friendship takes us. Well, thank you
1: so much for joining us. This was an amazing pleasure for us. And Emma G, type it in. You cannot miss her. We are going to close out with this wonderful song, All This Love. And um, Emma, before we close out, I just want to say thank you so much for your time today. We wish you the best. And I can't wait till we speak again.
0: Thanks, Emma. Appreciate you, sisters. Okay. Okay, take care.
3: Yeah yeah Needs more love while you take it from us Whether it's black or it's white, her man or her wife We're breaking the barriers you've built in your mind
0: This love, trust me, I have a lot to give, but I can stand on my own in this life I live. They want to talk about the norm and breaking all the rules, but the most important thing is to do you, because one think about me, I'm going to stand by equality, and I'm going to represent that until I D.I.E. No boundaries, no opinion can affect my peace. I'm just living in the color of my dreams. I'm walking in my jeans, with a lot of self-esteem, so nobody's judgment has a place in me. So what's love? How much do you really have to give? Because love can't be love if there's no justice, and love can't be love. Love, if it's hate in the air, and love can't be loved till the hate disappears. To so love more, hate less, give a fuck about the rest. No matter how you identify, we all still all blessed. love, I could give from.
3: To-
0: Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for tuning in to Podcast Sisters. Hey, let us know what you want to hear about. Do you have any questions? Or do you just want to give us your opinion and feedback? It's real simple. Email us at podcastsistas at gmail.com. We spell sisters S-I-S-T-A-S. Thanks. See you next week. Bye. It's a wrap. I hope you